What's up, everybody, and welcome into the podcast today. I'm joined on time by It's Your Boy Joey, It's Your Boy Bo, and It's Your Boy Brady. Uh, we have made a uh, joint executive decision to start the podcast at a specific time every Saturday morning for you all so that we do not run into any uh, recording issues, uh, as well as family and life issues. And uh, I guarantee you in the future, that means at least one of us will be uh, late and the uh, podcast might sound a little different until the other one wakes up and gets in here. So um, with all that, uh, how are you guys doing this week? Doing amazing. I'm extremely tired. Um, and by one of us, did you mean that eventually we will start this podcast without Bo? Is that what you meant to say, Brady? <laughs> no, it is It is not. I am waiting for the time that uh, I cannot do the intro, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys, how you guys uh, start start the podcast. So I'm, I'm excited for that moment. Um, but I do feel like uh, at least at least once moving forward, if once as we stick to this, uh, somebody will not be here from all three of us at least once. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks for really believing in me there, Joey. But I would have to agree, it will most likely be me. It was almost me this morning. So I'm glad to know you guys were taking bets on the side. But I'm here, not on a boo-boo. Let's get this show on the road. We did just have a conversation last night about how you tend to be on time to five minutes late. (laughs) I think that's exactly what you said, by the way. That's That's a fair window. And my bet was exactly in the middle of that, so I, I did think that you would be here on bow time. So, but we did read some comic books this week, guys. We're back to our reading ways. Uh, Age of Ultron comic edition. Uh, I think we can like jump into into it, get going, and get get on get on with it. How'd you guys? Uh, do we do we start with how we feeling overall? Do we have Joey go into the? Uh, Summary, yeah, no, like, let's, uh, let's just get to the end for time's sake. Uh, how we felt overall, let's rank it favorite character and then let's <laughs> get on with our Saturday. Sounds, <laughs> sounds good here. I think the viewers and the listeners, um, would not be not enjoy the fact that we skip all of the content for them this week, but uh, you know, oh. we, we could do it. Um, anywho, this is the time where if you are trying to read along with us, you pause it. Go to Marvel Unlimited or to your local comic book store and pick up Age of Ultron, issues 1 through 10 and number 10. Right. I think, boys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to speed this along a little bit. I do have somewhere that I need to be in about 45 minutes. Um, so I'm going to split this in two chunks. I think Future we'll do... and time. Yes, I was going to say we will do present time and then... Not the present time. <laughs> I like that. All right. So, as Brady said, if you would like to read Age of Ultron, please pause the podcast now. All right. We open in a ruined New York City where apparently Ultron has returned and taken over the world. And there are Ultron sentinels guarding the streets, looking for fugitives everywhere. And we see our boy Hawkeye going to rescue Spider Man from a group of criminals who have apparently made some sort of deal with Ultron. Um, Ultron shows up and and blows the place up, but uh, not before Hawkeye rescues Spider-Man, takes him to an underground area below Central Park, where a a small group of heroes have been hiding out, including Captain America, Luke Cage, She-Hulk, some of the X-Men. And and Cap has the brilliant idea to, hey, Ultron's kind of hunting down heroes. Let's just offer him one to sell. Um, so Luke Cage takes She-Hulk to sell to Ultron, essentially, and they come face-to-face with none other than Vision, who has been being used this whole time as kind of a conduit that Ultron is using to rule things from the future. Um, so while all of this is going on, in San Francisco, Black Widow and Moon Knight uh, discover Nick Fury's base, uh, one of many Nick Fury bases, and they find a failsafe plan for Fury's apocalyptic scenarios. Um, so they regroup in the Savage Land with the rest of the heroes, and they decide they're going to travel uh, because, <laughs> spoiler alert, in the Savage Land, they find another Nick Fury base, and he's got a time-traveling device in there. How handy. Uh, they decide they're going to travel to the future and essentially take on Ultron and stop him from ruling the present. Um, and then. 
one lone member of the group decides, you know what, I'm going to break off and I'm going to, instead of going to the future, I'm going to travel to the past and I'm just going to kill Hank Pym before he can, uh, you know, invent Ultron. Since Ultron's the problem, Hank Pym invented him. Let's just take him off the board. And Wolverine sneaks off, goes into the past with the invisible woman following him. And I'll, I'll stop there before we get into what happens in the past. But well, let me, let me stop you right there. And uh, first of all, this story, first time read for me, I'm assuming it was first time read for both of you guys as well. Uh, Absolutely. Was, was not it what I, what I expected at all, straight no. off the jump. No. What, what, and all of the jumping back and forth between future and past was something that like I have typically avoided on purpose in comics, specifically with like, x-men and like days of future past and age of apocalypse i'm like it seems really confusing i'm gonna stick with the with the tried and true the straight and narrow the avengers fighting the bad guys and uh of course it's the it's the mutant of the group <laughs> that has the decision to go back in the past and do this and just absolutely fry my mind yeah i think my biggest my biggest thing was you know Yet again, I come from the MCU. There is an Age of Ultron in the MCU. I was like, oh, this is just going to be the comic version of that. Boy, was I wrong. This was not that. Yeah, this this, the only one that they share is the name of the title. Yep, this is definitely not that. Um, yep. But it's been, it was, I, I really enjoyed, yet again, it's the darker side of, of Marvel, where, you know, I think they mentioned... Uh, in, in this present time with, with Ultron, uh, apocalypse, the Ultron apocalypse that like Hulk is dead. Thor is dead. All these heroes are dying off because Ultron's literally killing every human being and every being on the planet. And what I would believe to create like a, an Ultron super, super planet. And it's been like, you know, it's it, it, it was like, oh, man, you're starting with some heavy hitters dead. You don't know how they died. They just died probably to Ultron. And you're just you're trying to build this apocalyptic world in your brain. And the heroes are trying to decide what's the best course of action to overcome the apocalypse. And I mean, you see uh, they talked about Captain America in this and how Cap's just literally like a shell of himself because of everything that's happening. They turn to him for leadership and he's just cuddled in a corner, like keeled over, not knowing what, what to do or how to act. I mean, it's very telling of the time. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. What, what were your guys' thoughts on the fact that we did not get to see or witness like the actual evolution of this age of Ultron? You know, we didn't see this come about. We didn't see Ultron rise to power. This story just opened up and, we're in the thick of it. I think for me, it was more of a, oh, they're throwing this at you quick because it's quickly going to change and you got to decide, you got to figure it out. So I wasn't thrown off by it too much. I just knew, I, I'm going to be honest. I, as soon as they said, we got to figure something out. I'm like, they're going back in time or they're going to figure out how to destroy Ultron. Cause it was too quick, right? It was too much of yeah, all at once. So I knew that I knew that there was some some funky stuff going. I I I just didn't know how until uh, of course Nick Fury has his bunker that has everything you could ever need in it. Oh yes, a, a teleportation device, uh, an Iron Man suit that is off the grid for so that Ultron can't hack into it. A classic Wolverine yellow and blue X-Men suit. Yep. Every single thing that you could just possibly need. Yeah. Just, and, and I mean, we'll talk about this later, but just so you can tell, uh, tell Wolverine apart. Yes. Um, <laughs> when, when there's multiple Wolverines, you got to find a way to distinguish them, which yes, we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, I, I really enjoyed like jumping in mid story and, and seeing you know the hawkeye spider-man story to open it up but i was <laughs> fully expecting as i read that to go back in time in a way that they were not going to talk about where i i thought they would do the classic storyline telling scenario of you know here we are in the middle of things and then boom like 18 months earlier and we would get maybe an issue two or three, like the backstory. Okay, here mm -hmm. is how we actually got here. But that never came. And so I was just kind of missing that opening uh, 
you know, thing this whole time. Like, what what actually caused all of this to happen? Which you do learn a little bit of throughout the story, but you don't actually get to see it. Yep. I mean, it was, and like I said, I, reading it was like, oh, well, something's going to happen to at least get us there, tell us what happened, get us to the the conclusion. It, it felt like it was a foregone thing. So then when the time travel happened, it was very much a, okay, I'm, I, I, I was right. We're getting there. We're getting there. What I will say, though, is as, as confusing as the timeline may have been, which I think we're all agreeing on, um, this version of these characters, specifically like the big name Marvel characters, your your X Men, your Defenders, your um, your Avengers, obviously, I love this version of them. Um, as I mentioned in previous events, like one of my favorite versions of Captain America is like Captain America with his back pinned against the wall, where he starts like I mean he hates to lose, and you kind of see a darker side of him come out. You get that of almost every single character on this roster. You you've got the fan favorites like Mark Spector, Moon Knight timing up with Black Widow. You've got Captain America literally just at his lowest. You obviously start off with my two of my favorite and most comic crossover events, which is Hawkeye and and Spider Man. But you don't get the the super quippy version that you're used to of both of those. You get a very defeated, a very driven version of both of those. And uh, I mean, first of all. This isn't really relevant to the story, but the art style of this entire series was spot on. It was gritty. It was grainy. It was so cool. Um, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And that kept turning each page like extremely exciting for me. Uh, but the, the story itself just had that darker mood to tie into the artwork. And I, I, I love this a lot. It's, it's not what I expected at all. I still don't know if I fully understand all of it. And I feel like, I mean, this part that we've recapped so far. Yeah, that's perfect. That's me. That's my storyline. When we get into the next part, part two, <laughs> uh, and then there's the, to the past and then to the future and then back to futures past and then back to the future three. Um, that's, that's where I started to like <laughs> skip around a little bit. And there was, there were so many times that I admittedly had to like pause and like go back a few pages, like, wait a second did i follow that correctly um but i mean ultimately like i i, I can respect a story like that because a lot of thought was put into it and it, it was pretty cool i enjoyed it yeah, definitely Love. not enough deloreans to go that many times in the back and to the past <laughs> and future i was literally about to do a, a, a doc brown impression and say marty you have to get back to the future <laughs> wow wow okay i'm glad you did that thank you for pulling that out joey <laughs> um yeah, there was one really good quip though, Bo, that I, I did screenshot. Um, it came from Taskmaster, where they were like scouting out on top of a rooftop in, in New York City, and Red Hulk is like, Hey, we can't be exposed this long. And Taskmaster says, I'm doing the best I can, Dave. He said, My name isn't Dave. And he's like, Well, I'm not calling you Red Hulk, so I've decided to call you Dave. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is actually very good taskmaster definitely a person on that team that i was not expecting i no. mean you obviously get thunderbolt ross who's been there you get black panther but yeah to see a uh, taskmaster it kind of shows that this is like we're just kind of humans fighting for survival at this point it's not necessarily good guys and bad guys except for those that were ultimately tossing people up to uh ultron like the owl which is i think like a daredevil villain and then uh a ham hammerhead which we all yeah. It kind of reminded me of Civil War, where they like started teaming up with villains. I do enjoy that, and yeah, Taskmaster has always been somebody I like too. Um, as because like he's been on like I can't even remember the oh Thunderbolts. He, he's been a big Thunderbolts player in the comics as well, um, and just his backstory. I forget what his name is. Last name's Masters, um, but he Task. just basically is. Task guest, task uh, masters. <laughs> no, that would not be it. His secret identity happen. really disguises his true name. <laughs> it's the skull mask. It really throws him off. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely a cool skill set. And you get that, that grounded level here because we have the absence of Thor. Uh, we have the absence of, of the thing and, and Hulk. And there's that where they just kind of list off those powerhouses that they're so used to having in events like this. And Really, they've just, they've ultimately lost this, like, hardcore. Like, there's, Ultron is a, pr a pretty unstoppable force in this. 
All right, boys. Well, any uh, any additional comments on the first? I guess not quite half of this story, but almost half. No, I am itching to get to the past and future. Yeah, I definitely want to hear the second part because uh, I I feel like my next recaps are going to start skipping around back and forth between the two. All right. Well, I am relying once again on Wikipedia for this plot summary because, boy, it's it's a little bit all over the place, like Bo said. So strap in. Here's part two of the plot summary. (laughs) All right. Wolverine and the Invisible Woman um, wind up in the in the past. Hold on, let me find out where I was on this page before I start talking. Uh, <laughs> they they wind up in the past. They go to Henry Pym to, like we said, kill him before he is able to create Ultron. Um, the Invisible Woman attempts to convince Wolverine to reconsider this plan, but he reminds her, hey, Ultron is responsible for killing her entire family. And she's like, okay, cool. Um... Then the two, after killing Hank, return to the present to find the Savage Land covered in crashed ships, as in this timeline, the Kree Skrull War took place on Earth, in the Savage Land specifically. Um, they go to New York and find it patrolled by three helicarriers, and they are attacked by a group called the Defenders, who believe that these two people are Skrulls, because clearly it's Wolverine and the Invisible Woman, and we have another Wolverine here, so there there can't be two of them. Clearly they're Skrulls. Um, a cyborg Iron Man scans their minds and sees their timeline, and he explains to them, hey, in this timeline, the Avengers broke up after Hank Pym died, magic became triumphant over technology, and Morgan Le Fay has conquered half the world. Um, so the two attempt to break out of the Defender's helicarrier, when suddenly Morgan Le Fay attacks uh, New York with a swarm of Doombots. During this battle, Morgan Le Fay crashes the other two helicarriers into New York, most of the heroes are killed, and a dying Iron Man tells Wolverine, hey, stop going back in time. You can't do this again. Time is like a living organism, and it will be ripped apart if you mess with it too much. Um, so Wolverine, heeding this advice, immediately throws this advice out the window, goes back in time again, um, decides, you know what? Hey, we got to let Hank Pym live because this timeline is way worse than the one that I was trying to stop. Um, So, in the past, once again, previous Wolverine is about to kill Hank Pym when new Wolverine steps in and stops him. Um, They, the two of them, have a little bit of a kerfluffle, as Wolverine's not the most trusting of people, and he's seeing a a second version of himself. Um, But he convinces himself, hey, this is going to be worse, don't do this. Hank Pym says he will simply not build Ultron, but Wolverine says, no, you must build Ultron, because we have to restore that original timeline. Hank says, you know what? Cool, I'm going to install a failsafe into Ultron so that when the time comes, we can flip this switch. But Wolverine tells him, hey, you can't know about this, though. So, um, Hank Pym essentially built a a failsafe into Ultron and then wipes his own memory. Um, The Invisible Wolverine and... Or the the Invisible Woman and Wolverine um, go to the Savage Land. There's now two Wolverines here. Uh... They have to make the decision which one's going to come with uh, the Invisible Woman back to the present. Um, And they make the decision that the, okay, the first, the original Wolverine that was about to kill Hank Pym is going to be the one that lives because the one that went to that alternate future doesn't want to live with the memories of that alternate future. So past Wolverine kills future current Wolverine. Again, very messy. They go back to the present, um, and then we see in the Savage Land, um, or sorry, they <laughs> we we see alternately uh, months before Ultron's attack, and you know the initial thing that led to this Age of Ultron. We see Hank Pym working in his lab. Um, he is given a package from the Invisible Woman, and it's a recording of his past self, which he um, had somehow forgotten about. It, and he's explaining the algorithm that he built to destroy Ultron. And the Avengers attack the headquarters of the Intelligentsia to rescue Spider-Woman. Um, this is the event that originally led to Ultron's reactivation. Once Ultron serves his purpose in the attack, Pym gives Iron Man the algorithm that is uploaded into Ultron and destroys him. Wolverine and the Invisible Woman, meanwhile, return to the real present, find New York back to normal, but a massive shockwave across time and space seemingly shatters reality before putting it back together. 
Um, at Avengers Tower, Giant Man, Iron Man, and Beast theorized that Wolverine's time travel journeys caused too much stress to the space-time continuum and it has created tears across the multiverse. And we get a glimpse into the ultimate universe where we see Miles Morales out as Spider-Man and he sees a flash of Galactus in the sky. Um, all the other Somewhere else we see Angela appearing, vowing revenge on whoever has pulled her from her world. Um, which I did some research. Angela is a Neil Gaiman character that he apparently had just sold to Marvel right before the storyline. Um, Hank Pym, having learned the full scope of events, reflects on his life, his personal struggles between pursuing practical scientific matters and whimsical flights of fancy. Um, he contemplates suicide, but then he considers, hey, you know, this alternate timeline that Wolverine told me about was way worse, which means I, die, you know, me, Hank Pym, dying created a, a terrible earth which means me hank pym i'm super important yay and hank pym is suddenly happy again and, and feels important and that is how we end age of ultron Woo! Yeah. and i have confused myself trying to say, Joey, that Joey, good, good for you buddy for recapping that the the read itself was confusing um but i mean you you got us through that and the descriptions of Wolverine, <laughs> yeah, that that got a little a little tricky there. Um, I I always kept referring to them like in my own mind as I was reading was oh like by their suits like oh okay we're following gray suit Wolverine uh, and then there's yellow suit Wolverine and oh there's the classic yellow and brown suit Wolverine. We definitely got a lot of cool Wolverine costumes in this. And let me pause for a second just to fanboy out because I love the classics. So it's, I mean, when they brought out the classic Iron Man suit, I was like, oh yeah, that's dope. I liked that a lot. But uh, in the future, that Defenders team, so cool. That is a, that is a lineup that I could absolutely get behind. You get Star Lord <laughs> in for the Guardians of the Galaxy. You get uh, Cy. Oh, I was about to say Cyclops, but that's basically it because he's one eyed. Um, and he like it's just, that's just so cool. The Doctor Strange, Hulk, who are the original Defenders, Nick Captain Fury America, as Colonel like Nick America. Fury. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I was so, gonna say, Bo, I gotta pause you for a sec because that's not Cyclops. That's a combo character. That is Cyclops and Cable combined, just like Nick Fury combined with Captain America. And I believe is that who who is combined with uh Captain Marvel? There is that Quake? Uh, Wasp. That's oh, it's Van Wasp. Dyme. So it's Janet oh, Van Dyne. It Quake. It's Janet Van Dyne is is Captain Marvel. That's the type of stuff that I that I nerded out about. Like you said, Bo, the classic Iron Man suit. I was like, oh, the Mach Two. Oh. You get the brown suit Spider Man or uh, the brown suit uh, Wolverine. You get uh, the combo characters. I think that that is that that's not Doctor Strange, right? That's Doctor Strange combined with somebody. And that that's not the. But anywho. There's, you're the classic Star Lord in, in this Defenders. It's so cool to see all these characters coming together. And I would, I would watch anything that has Hulk and the Thing on the same team, clobbering and smashing everything. So I was all for this defend, this future Defenders thing. Um, it was gone too soon. It was gone too soon. So we've we've mentioned, you know, the the Wolverines, the mini Wolverines, including this one in this alternate future with the brown suit, which. I got to take a second to nerd out here for um, a minute on science, guys, because why is it when Wolverine travels back in time and then travels forward in time, there is a second Wolverine here. And then he travels back in time again and travels forward in time again. And there are not two invisible women and two Wolverines in that quote unquote normal future. There could be. Sue could just be cloaking them. That is true. Okay, it happened several times throughout the very like, Sue's not here, <laughs> but then Sue was actually there, hmm. and uh, Sue's just invisible. That's they. That's one of that's a Marvel cop out that I like to defer back to. Okay, because I was I very like... confused about that. I was also confused about how the flying car that they flew to the Savage Land in mm -hmm. the past remained there for them to fly out of the Savage Land in the future. <laughs> Because who goes to the Savage Land, you know? But it but looked the... perfect and pristine still. It didn't even look like it had been sitting in the Savage Land for 15 years, Brady. Yeah, what well, are dinosaurs going to do with a flying car? They're just going <laughs> to let that sit. It's, it's the pristine thing that I agree with. But he did... In the, there is one comic uh, panel where he says... Where he's hiding it. And she goes, 
should like should shouldn't we like return that or why are we hiding it? And he goes, well, because Nick Fury is going to look for this and he hides it. So like, there's a there's an explanation as to why it's there, but how it still works that many years in the future and like it hasn't rusted over or just like you know everything not all the technology on it just like you know stop working and uh, the condition of it that's that's the question I have for for Bendis for sure. Um, Wolverine and and mutants going back in time then back to the future that's a classic Marvel cop out. Just like we said, Sue Storm just con- like conveniently being there invisible sometimes. Marvel cop out. You want to know what the biggest Marvel cop out of all time is? Nick Fury. Nick Fury. The, the, the explanation for everything always is just that, oh, well, Nick Fury was actually secretly doing this behind the scenes the entire time. And to kind of just see him like in these bunkers and both future Nick Fury and uh, like the, the past green suit flying in Nick Fury looking super cool in that flying car. Like he's just always been there behind the scenes. And like they always just use him for an answer of, oh, well, actually, I was doing this. This bunker's so cool, though. I, I I loved having that wall, like everybody up there. Where he, I'm assumingly he was there during the secret invasion, just trying to assume who was a scroll and who was not. So this coming off of secret invasion is definitely a very very cool tie-in as well, too. Um, but much like secret invasion was absolutely nothing like the MCU version that we got. Yeah, this Age of Ultron was absolutely nothing like the Age of Ultron we got in the MCU. So going back and reading these big name titles, it's it's pretty cool to see like the absolutely huge differences for the first time of what we're watching versus what we've been reading completely for sure and and i I like i liked the contrast because i think it's what it allowed me to go and read the comics without like comparing is the fact that it is slightly different right it's just like uh slightly (laughs) it's just slightly different but it gives you know it allows you like to have that thing you're not reading and like oh i've already watched this it gives you that that different approach my take on it though is i kind of wish they would go back and do like an age of ultron 2 and uh and the <laughs> do the do the the time traveling things in, in the mcu i think it'd be interesting i don't know my end game uh theories and, and issues would spill over into any other time travel movie that they try to put out in the mcu but, yeah, I think just like the the I mean the MCU's cop out, which is going to be my phrase of the day, um, is definitely the multiverses, <laughs> and uh, things are already kind of muddled as it is in what we're watching. That adding something like this would just—I feel like there's no way you could do it right. I agree. Um, did you guys expect when this group split up and we got Wolverine and Sue going into the past and literally every other member of the first four or five issues of this series going into the future to stop Ultron? Did you expect to actually see that group in this story? I'm sure there was another Age of Ultron colon future you know, run that they put out that followed that group. But I was fully expecting for this story to kind of flash back and forth and show what they were up to. Uh, But we just never saw them again. We had no idea what they did. No, I didn't expect it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I feel like the two front runners of this entire thing were were Wolverine and Sue Storm. And you could argue, I mean, Hank Pym as well, too. And his, his kind of conflict, which, I mean... Just his biggest downfall ever was creating Ultron, and that comes back to haunt him and pretty much every Marvel crossover event ever. Um, but no, de- definitely didn't expect it. I would have loved to see more of it. Like I said, I coming straight off the jump where Hawkeye's following that girl um, and then mercifully just kills those people going in, saves Peter Parker. Um, the, the scene with Black Widow just hiding in those dead bodies, and then um, after... Uh, Mark Spector, Moon Knight comes in and kills that guy and they sign language. Like these are cool versions of these teams. And we got a very brief glimpse of that. And I, I would have really liked to kind of see more of that as well as, again, more of that future uh, Defenders team. I, I like both of those for very different reasons. Um, do you guys know, was this an event that had tie-ins that were outside of this main? Or is this kind of like a, a little mini series in itself? I'm showing it off right now. It was a a tie-in event. It looks like there was 18 issues in total in the event. 
spanning across the Age of Ultron series. Looks like su- the Superior Spider-Man. Uh, do you know who that is, Brady? I do not. Oh, Superior Joey. Spider-Man is amazing. So, <laughs> real quick, thirty-second summary on on Superior Spider-Man. So one day, um, Peter Parker and uh, Doc Ock, you know, switch brains, um, and we get Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body, and uh, you know, he becomes Peter Parker, and he becomes Spider-Man, and he becomes the superior Spider-Man because he basically revamps everything um, Spider-Man and, and Peter Parker related. He starts Parker Industries, starts uh, you know Peter Parker's big business, starts making him a shitload of money. Um, and he just kind of revamps the suit and, and everything. But but Doc Ock kind of becomes a uh, a hero throughout that. Nice. Well, that's uh, apparently that's the spider one of the, the Spider Man that we're seeing or part of it since it goes into that. Um, Ultron uh, instead of Age of Ultron, the actual Ultron series from 2013. Um, Avengers Assemble, Wolverine and the X Men. Uh, and more a more Avengers Assemble. It goes into the Uncanny Avengers, which looks like Kang, and then you get one issue of the Fearless Defenders, which is that Defenders group. It looks like with Shauna and and Doctor Doom, and that and their universe. So that's one thing we haven't talked about as well too. Was uh, obviously Doom is such a huge underlying villain in most of Marvel. One person who's not like a huge big name villain that we don't talk about a lot um, is Morgana Le Fay. Um, obviously, a big tie-in with Doom there. They go at it in quite a lot. Um, I, I've read basically anytime I've ever seen her name come up, it's in a conflict with Doctor Doom. Um, like in the Dark Avengers series, I, uh, there was a big battle there as the Dark Avengers come out. So, um, yeah, not not somebody that I'm super familiar with. I know that I believe she's kind of from like that King Arthur Marvel timeline. Um, mm-hmm. But to see her come in with those Doom bots was also very cool. So that being tied in is kind of like the big bad for that Defend- Defender series. Um, I, I will most likely be re- reading that one off. Yeah, it's it seems like a it seems like a really cool a really cool read all the way through. Now, I guess while we're talking about really cool reads and what we thought of it, should we go into our ratings, Joey? Uh, real quick, I want to ask you guys what your theory is on one thing. Mm-hmm. So Marvel did this on purpose. They killed they killed a Wolverine. A a Wolverine killed another Wolverine, and they did not show it, but. Wolverine said to his other self, you know what to do. What mm-hmm. do you think is the thing that actually can kill Wolverine? Because as we know, he heals from pretty much everything. We've seen him grow limbs back. We've seen him grow skin back. Um, like, What do you think he actually did to his other self to accomplish that? Also, okay. So I'll do my theory, not knowing a whole lot about uh, the comic quirks and perks that comes with Wolverine. But knowing basically what you said, Joey, from from the MCU and knowing knowing a little bit about Wolverine, what I what I convinced myself in the moment and in my brain was that they have a plan, they being all Wolverines and all existences, on if I have to disappear or die, I have to do something. I have to figure out a way to convince people that I am dead. And my theory was that Wolverine isn't dead. That Wolverine had to plan. He goes, hey, you know our plan. And had to fake that he was dead or had to, like, hey, I'm going to bloody, bloody my blades up and pretend like I killed you and you have to go into hiding or go to the one meetup place for all the multiversal Wolverines where we can live in peace for the rest of our lives. Whatever it is, my theory is that Wolverine is not dead. Oh, my gosh. You're just blew my mind because I think this is how Nick Fury actually knows everything and is always on top of everything because he's just got these this army of Wolverines running around <laughs> living in his secret bases because they can't die. <laughs> there you go. But that, that was my thought is he's not dead. They just they just, you know, they had to fake it so that people think that they're dead. Very um, interesting. I kind of, yeah, I, I didn't put much thought into this. My immediate thought when you asked that question, Joey, was that like, they 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 just didn't put they didn't show it they didn't put detail in it because like they just wanted it to be possible it's supposed to be just like a quick death so we can follow the wolverine that we've been following in this story 
um, doing a quick little Google search after you ask this, is that this Wolverine not being dead um, is actually a huge comic fan theory um, that, that ties into a lot of other things. So, Brady, I think you were absolutely onto something there. Oh. Good right, question. Maybe in, maybe in 2025 we'll get a, a comic about this Wolverine. You know, classic Marvel <laughs> pulling something from decades earlier and, and retconning it in. So excited for it. Can't wait. Age of Ultron 2. Well, Maybe that's I, what I, happens in Age of Ultron versus Zombies. I will say, <laughs> on, so, so I do go on tangents in my brain about theories. So I will, I will share with you a theory. What I had in the middle of reading this turned out not to be true. So we, we've talked about how Wolverine goes in the past and kills Hank Pym, right? Comes back to the future, and it's all changed. And you see, I think it, it was, I, I had it pulled up here for a second, but it was the one scene where Iron Man, with his, like, messed up, his Darth Vader head, had all these iron bots around him. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, we've got to check in with him. He has to be, and I'm like... Oh, great. So he killed Hank Pym, but now Tony Stark's the guy who invents the AI thing. I was waiting for now he has to go back and and kill Tony Stark, and then now he has to go back, and then at the end he would he would fix it. But I'm glad they didn't go there. That would have been a lot worse of a recap for you, Joey. But that was the theory in the middle of it that I had that I kind of half hoped would be the thing and half didn't hope because it would be a very long uh, series. Oh, Especially on the reveal, that that was a gross looking Tony. That was that was definitely not my favorite Iron Man. Uh, so I also thought, oh great, they they protected him from Hank, but now here's Tony Stark because Tony Stark's been the bad guy like seventy other times already. So that that would not have been too far off. But yeah, just yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah. also know uh, we also know that you know they talk about how you have to be a super genius to come up with this ai and that's why hank pym did it well without hank pym what if tony stark did it well and then if you stop tony stark you could always throw a, a, a story about reed richards coming up with it in there and then <laughs> and then boom 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 there's your content for the next three years of marvel comics yeah we went through a list of the top 10 so there could have been at least 10 versions of it yeah exactly yeah, I definitely had that exact same thought though. When I, as soon as I saw Tony pop up, I'm like, "Oh, he's the new person that invented Ultron." Uh, he's just gross. He got a, he got a little too. Uh, he was like half a body robot friendly. We didn't really talk. I, I mentioned that he was cyborg Tony, but that's pretty much all I said. But yeah, he was pretty much like just the top half of a, a human, and then the rest of him was machine. So this was another one where I, I always finish these cool crossover events and so much happens. Um, what, and I, I feel like this might be a question that we should ask ourselves at the end of each of these crossover events, as, as should all Marvel uh, creators. What actually happened in the sense of what did this do to the continued Marvel comic universe? Obviously, they wrote this story in, so this story exists. That, that in itself happened to the Marvel universe. Um, but from our previous reading going into our next reading, what what changed? I mean, we've got two characters that have a real memory of anything. And so it's Sue Storm and, and Wolverine. But I think the big thing that changed was, and I am sure they will or have already found a way to write him back in, but they basically wrote Ultron out of, of continuity. Did Well, te technically not from what I read. I think... The first, so there was, it sounds like from, from yet again, not a comic, comic superstar person, but I think in the, in the 10th issue, which I calling the 10th issue, but I think it was the 11th issue, but it was Marx's number 10. I don't know if you guys can see my screen right here, but there's like this one. And then there's like this one, which were or this one, which are both ranked number 10, apparently, and we're in the same series. Um, but in, in point one, it was, it was 10 AI. Yeah. So in 10, in 10, uh, AI, they talked about, uh, they talked about, you know, everyone, everyone forgetting and coming back and, uh, and <laughs> Pink Pim has a nervous breakdown. And in his nervous breakdown, he talks about how, uh, he remembered, he saw the world through this other, you know, it, it didn't actually happen, but 
some because of the way that the space-time continuum broke, he saw the whole other universe that was stopped by Wolverine and Sue's meddling. And that's what caused him to have the breakdown. And that's what also caused him, like Joey said, to realize, well, if I wasn't there, you know, I saw this whole world where I wasn't there and the bad stuff still happened. But they, it was different bad stuff happening because Giant Man wasn't there and Ant-Man wasn't there and Yellow Jacket wasn't there. The good stuff, because I did this good stuff, bad stuff happened. Because it's bad stuff, bad stuff happened. But this good stuff, bad stuff happened. And he kind of like talks himself out of the crazy and talks himself out of the depression. But it shows you that there. And I don't. I don't think it's accurate to say that there's only two people who know what happened because this time continuum breaking. I would guess more than just him saw it. I think everybody I understands. I suppose that the is the, day. the thing that changed the most is the, the space-time continuum is pretty much shattered at this point, which is going to lead into secret wars eventually, I believe. Yeah, we're get, we're getting there. Um, I, that's that's the that's the 2015 Hickman title, which um, I I've read it previously, and now going into it, I know so much more going into it. So I'm really really excited to read that one again. Um, my theory is that this was just a 10 issue way of introducing the rights to a new character and introducing Angela at the very end. They were like, we have to bring somebody in from a completely different universe, different time. Um, we've got rights to her, come up with a story and then drop it at the end. And Spawn fans will be very, very excited. It was also a pitch for the Ultimate Universe because at the very end, they're like, oh, look, you know, this is having repercussions in other universes. And then they showed Miles Morales, and I'm sure that was their, like, hey, hey, guys, we have another look over here that you could be reading. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. We figured it out. Yep. Get, screw you, Marvel. Well, guys, let's, let's run through this last little segment here. Overall, good story, in my opinion. Um, what are your thoughts as far as rankings and, uh, and favorite character to follow through this one? I want to hear Joey's first. Usually Joey goes last, so let's, let's hear what Joey's ranking is. So I did really enjoy this. With a name like Age of Ultron, I definitely expected more Ultron, because I feel like the thing we have not discussed is that there was a very, very large lack of Ultron in this story. Um, but it, w- it was still a lot of fun. Time travel makes things really messy. It was hard to follow at times, but I, I feel like I was at least understanding for the most part. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I think it was, it was good. It could have been better and it, it could have been less messy and maybe slightly more meaningful, but I still, I still overall enjoyed it. Solid seven. Yeah, that's a respectable answer. And Joey, why don't you go ahead and throw in your, your favorite character as well too. Ooh, favorite character. All right. Um, this is tough. I wanted to potentially ask if I could do a duo, but I'm I'm not going to do that. I'll just pick one. I'm going to say Black Widow. I love the, the, she's gone for half of the story, (laughs) but uh, I I loved the beginning with her and Moon Knight, just like going around to Fury's secret base and and, and stumbling upon things and and searching through stuff. And I just love some of their repartee there at the beginning. So I'm going to say Black Widow. That's all it's short. Yeah, and definitely a very cool version of her as well too. Not not the uh, not the most uh, pleasing to the eye, as her face is quite disfigured. Um, but as far as like her her uh, black widowness, very very black widow. Very black. Yeah, widow. I, I put your ranking in your character. Those those are pretty awesome. What about you, Bo? Let's hear it. <clears throat> I was about to throw that right on you there, Brady. Um, as far as a ranking, I liked it. I feel like I liked it slightly better than Joey, but I didn't love it as much as I've loved other events. So I'm going to go with a 7.1. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, I like the story for, for what it was and the aspects of it. Again, I was, I was really drawn to the art and I was really drawn to the, the way that it was written. Um, the, the meaning behind it lost me a little bit where I'm like, okay, what's, what's really happening here? It got very, I, I'm going to keep referencing it. Days of Future Past. So, um, and, I, and I don't love that because I feel like I love continuity. 
I love things where it's it's easy to go from A to B. Um, there's character development in between there. I feel like events like this really kind of screw that. <laughs> and then it becomes arguments of timelines and, and multiverses and variants. And I just like, I like a good character that I can follow that changes and develops and, and things happen to them in real time. Um, which is why I've always loved and hated Wolverine at the same time. Because now I don't even know which Wolverine we're following. <laughs> I, I've got a theory now that they switched clothes like the parent trap and then one killed the other and then the real one stayed back and that's who's working for Fury. And I just came up with that theory right now just just because I don't believe anything anymore. So I actually Wolverine, thought of that while I was reading this, but I then I immediately thought, why? There's no point. Well, why would they do that? <laughs> 100% why. <laughs> um yeah, so I, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to, of characters to to follow or choose other than Wolverine or Sue Storm in this one, and obviously Wolverine was was the driver of those two as well. Uh, so I'm going to double it back to that beginning uh, team as well too, and I'm going to go with who we opened up with. I've chosen him in multiple different things. I think at this point, strangely enough, through these readings, he's become one of my favorite superheroes, at least one of my favorite Avengers of all time. I, I'm going with Hawkeye. Um, again, a very cool version of him. He showed heroic when all the other heroes were kind of being cowardice um, in, in the face of Ultron, where he basically told them, like, no, I, I let you know I was going to save him and I'll leave anybody behind. There's so few of us. I mean, it's Peter Parker. The story won't be cool. We're going to lose so many fans if he's not here. We have to have Peter in this story. Uh, so he went and saved it so that we could all enjoy that reading, even though we never really found out what happened after that. I'm going with Hawkeye for sure. I love the street level stuff. I love the vigilante stuff. And, and Hawkeye plays that well. Um, so he was my favorite character. And 7.1 was my ranking. Uh, top that, Brady. What do you got? I was, I'm surprised. My two honestly favorite characters are still here to pick from and i was hoping one of you guys would take them um but for the ranking so to give you guys a little personal insight in on on me and what i what i enjoy and what i get my dopamine from i love psychological thrillers i love sitting through a movie and this makes me weird because a lot of people don't like them but i love sitting through a movie and the light bulb moment go off and go i know what's going to happen i understand i think it's going to do this and do that and then getting it to the end and go, ha ha ha, that's, that's like a, a dopamine boost for me of something that I enjoy doing. I felt like that, that like thing happened in this where I was like, oh, they're going to go to the past and have to fix the fact that Ultron's a big bully man. And then they went to the past and like, ha ha. I mean, there were other theories that didn't work out, but you know, I, I, I did truly enjoy this. I do agree. If the title probably shouldn't have been Age of Ultron, should have been something like, you know, something in the time continuum or something crazy would just featured Ultron. Um, but I did really like the content of going back, having these multiverse, multiversal type things. You see it coming in. Um, I, I, I did really, really enjoy it. Not my favorite series that we've done, but definitely closer to the top. I'm going to give it a 7.9 on that, that scale. And then I'm going to say my favorite character was Hank Pym. And Ant-Man, I mean, you and Giant Man, and Yellow Jacket, and because you do see his yet again, the other thing that I, I really enjoy in shows and comics and movies is the character development. He he to me has the biggest character development here, um, even though he's in it less than most people because he's the creator of Ultron. Ultron literally calls him Dad as he is dying. You know, he comes in, you get to see him as this, you know, almost 1960s version of himself where he's creating Ultron. You get to see him at the end where he has the mental breakdown where he's like, you know, that's all I've been to just to stop Ultron. And then he goes, well, think about that world where I wasn't there. And you get to see all the good stuff he did, even snippets back and forth to him jumping in and punching people in the brain. Like, I'm a, I, what I've learned from the comics is... I'm becoming a bigger and bigger Hank Pym, Scott Lang, and Ant-Man fan. So, Hank Pym, Ant-Man. That's where I got to ask for some clarification because I, Hank Pym's a problem, buddy. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, I've never really resonated with him. I, I just don't, I, I don't know if I, I love him. I love the classic Avengers team. But I think Scott Lang is way cooler of a version of what Ant-Man is as a, as a superhero. 
Um, I think that Hank Pym's just a sociopath with, with multiple different identities that just likes to cause problems. And he beats his, he beats his wife. So, do we, do we want to go back through all my characters that I've picked as my favorite characters and talk about how many of them are actually problems deep down? Because uh, we just probably have up. a bigger discussion there. <laughs> Problematic is the theme of Brady's favorite <laughs> characters throughout this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, but I do, I like I said, in this series, I do think that Hank Pym had the best storyline character development. The other one would be Wolverine. That was the second, my, my runner-up character is, I was going to pick Wolverine if one of you took Hank Pym or vice versa, because Wolverine's the very same thing. He He's a natural, this is my instinct, this is what I'm going to go do. You guys can either join me or fight me, basically, at the beginning. Joe's back, kills Hank Pym, you know, back and forth. Oh, that was the wrong thing to do, because now it's crazy, I'm going to go back again. I'm going to stop myself from killing him. I have to wear a different costume so I don't confuse the readers. Like, very, it was, it was that back and forth and that character development. And I think, I think Hank Pym beats out Wolverine because at literally just the last issue of him going crazy and you see it develop, but definitely go on Hank Pym. I, I can't argue with it. I'm, I'm on both sides of like, I've never really, you know, found myself drawn to Hank Pym as a character. Uh, he is a little bit of a, uh, egotistical sociopath um he's definitely had some problems in the past um and he i think he still has some problems and the Thank whole you. secret invasion stuff with jacosta and what was going on there it was it was just weird and but i think hey. he described iron man there for the first like three quarters of that so yeah we've got some problematic uh you know protagonists that's what happens when you have 60 years of, of old white men writing these characters, man. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Any last minute send-offs before we get out of here, boys? I've got nothing. Uh, looking forward to the next reading, which I believe is Infinity. Um, that, that came up during our, our last podcast. as one of the top Marvel comic crossovers, according to that AI, which... I don't know if I should trust AI anymore after reading this one. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's going to be a very cool one. Excited to get Cosmic with it and get some Thanos in there. Because, I mean, what better way to follow up Ultron than Thanos? And uh, we're going to do our own little version of basically following the, the first couple MCU Avengers movies with probably nothing related to how those played out in the MCU movies. Uh, but yeah, this this was a good read. I'm glad that it's uh, on my checked off list now and excited to keep moving through this and discuss with you guys. Very true. And uh, next week is a bonus episode. Uh, so we will see and talk to you all later. Signing off from the Copy Over Comics podcast. See ya! Thank you for listening to another episode of Comics Over Coffee. Please be sure to join in again next Saturday morning for another exciting episode. If you have questions for the host or would like to be featured on an episode, please write in to comicsovercoffeepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my fellow co-hosts Bo and Brady and a very special shout out to our artist Emily Rich.